$3,000. Imagine what you could do with $3,000. That's what Portage Health Foundation is hoping you will do this spring as part of its small grants program. We have up to $3,000 available for nonprofits and local units of government, including schools, who are trying to improve the health of our community. How? Purchase equipment, make needed improvements to facilities, gain access to training, open up opportunities to new people. The possibilities are endless, and we can't wait to see what your group will do with $3,000. Learn more at phfgive.org. Copper Country Today is brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can find out more about them at phfgive.org. I'm Grant Ducetto. My guest this segment is Heather French, Region 1 Teacher of the Year. Heather, I'm going to start with something real simple. What made you decide to get into teaching? Um, to be totally honest, there was never anything else that I wanted to do. It was, it was always be a teacher. Um, I had really great teachers all through elementary school and middle school, and they really, uh, really made me want to go into it, I guess. <laughs> Are you doing what you want to and do as far as question? the... Uh... I'm sorry. I, I think uh, I think the other question was kind of what's your favorite part about teaching? Oh, my favorite part. Um, to be totally honest, I really love the relationships I get to have with my students. Um, because we're a small school, I get to have them for several years in a row. So you really get to know them and be a part of their lives. And, you know, even after they graduate, I still hear from a lot of students. Can you look at my resume? Can you go over my cover letter? I have a question about a class I'm taking. So you, you get to foster this lifelong relationship with them. It's really neat. So you're teaching not just high school level students, but also middle school as well. <laughs> um, actually, this year I am teaching K through 12. This is a new one for me. So, uh, yeah, I have everybody. Now, is some of that just kind of uh, you saying, hey, I'm willing to help out where needed, or is is there more going on to that story? Oh, yes. Okay. So what happened was uh, Lake Linden's art program, because we are a small school, it's been part-time for years, and it's, it's rather hard to fill a, a part-time position. And so we went through a bunch of subs, and it was, you know, sub after sub, and things were not panning out. Um Someone was talking about an alternative certification program because we have such a huge shortage of teachers in Michigan. They started this program where if you had a, a degree, they had a pass. As long as you paid, you know, you could uh, add endorsements and become a teacher. So I looked into it and adding an art teacher endorsement to my English endorsement was not all that difficult. So I started doing the process and uh, studied for the art teacher test, passed it this summer, and uh, took that program over. So hit the ground running this fall. So now you're teaching two subjects which aren't super related. <laughs> Is there a challenge to doing that, to being both in you, English you and in art? I think that, but I maybe it's because of who I am. Um, it, almost everybody has, has commented that it's not really a big surprise that this is where I headed because I am a, a fairly creative person. Um, a lot of my projects in, in my English class were, were visual and big and very artistic. So, so making this leap for me was not, not huge. Um, but teaching the younger ones is really, <laughs> that's a new challenge for me. I am so used to those older kids that, you know, I really have to change my demeanor and the way I interact with them. Um, 
there was no set curriculum. You know, I didn't just walk in and pick something up. It wasn't there for me. I've had to make it all up myself. So because I know literature, I have been leaning on a lot of books to work with art projects. And uh, we do a lot of reading. We do a lot of talking. Uh, Like this week, all my younger classes are reading a book about the color monster. Color monster talks about colors and how they relate to his feelings and how he sorts them out. So honestly, I'm throwing in a little social emotional lesson in there too. And, you know, we kind of cover a little bit of everything. So it's fun. The color monster, huh? I've heard of the cookie monster, but the color monster is a new one. He's pretty great. (laughs) Have you found that working with art has made you a better teacher for maybe kind of the more creative ends of English, creative writing, that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, in a way. I mean, there's different things that I think about. Um, the, the kids definitely love when we do something in English class that's a little more artsy that we get to go down to the art room and have access to all the supplies um, and, you know, big tables to spread out on. So that's, that's nice. Um, otherwise, I mean, it hasn't, English has influenced art more than the other way around at this point, but I think that's because I've been teaching English for 13 years. So what I know. What have been the, uh, the favorite projects from the students? I was a terrible art student. Still am. I can't draw to save my life, but I nailed the paper mache (sighs) penguin in elementary school and I'm still proud of it. Oh, we did paper mache Mardi Gras masks. That was really fun. Um, We did soap carving, which at first they thought sounded terrible. But once you get into it and start doing it, it is really, really fun. Um, Other favorite ones that they've had. What else did they really like? They hate Zentangles. They told me they never want to see another Zentangle in their life. So we nixed that one. Um, Oh, we made ugly dolls. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this movie. Uh, I want to say like 2009, Kelly Clarkson, Blake Shelton, Nick Jonas, all these really popular musical names. It's an animated movie about these ugly dolls and, you know, the overall message is being accepted for who you are. It's really cute. So we watched the movie and then we made our own ugly dolls and I taught the kids how to sew. It was so fun. And at first they were like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We are not sewing. And then they got into it. They were so enthused. They made one and they're like, you know, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. I'm going to make another one. And the next thing you know, they're whipping up another, you know, little ugly doll friend and sewing on eyes and they're getting really cute and creative. They were so neat. They were so proud of them. Sounds like there's a little home ec in there with the art too. A little bit. I can't help myself. I got (laughs) a little crafty. Have you always lived in the area or did teaching bring you here? I'm originally from Escanaba. I grew up in Escanaba. Um, came up to Michigan Tech and stayed up here. Taught in Calumet for a couple years, did the AmeriCorps program for a few years, and I've been in Lake Linden for 10 years now. And what about Lake Linden is it that you really like? What keeps you there? I love the small town. Um you know, this this award came out on Friday. The state released it. And I opened up my Facebook, and it was just flooded with pictures of my face. And I was like, what is going on? All these parents of students I have or have had were sharing this article online. 
we're so proud of her. We love her so much. They're just so supportive. It's like, you know, my, my family is not here. And uh, Lake Linden is my, my extended family. We take care of each other. And I love that. Talk about the process of applying to be regional teacher of the year. Is it something that you sought out or is it something that maybe a student nominated you for? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure who nominated me. The process is uh, someone makes a nomination from what I understand. Uh, it's an online form and there's a certain window of time. So it was in the fall that somebody nominated me and I received an email from the state inviting me to apply you've been nominated. Here's the process for application. It is not an easy ordeal. Um, I had to do a resume and cover letter. I had to write three essays and I had to have three letters of recommendation. So I put all that stuff in and I was like, well, you know, that was, (laughs) that was fun. This isn't going to go anywhere. And then in January, I got an email that said, congratulations, you made it through the first round. You have now been invited to participate in the second round. Here's another three essay questions we have for you where you'll be evaluated. Like, All right. So what, were some of the, uh, what were some of the essay questions? <laughs> um, one of them was write a letter to the editor where you are defending teachers having the summer off. Um, another one was how would you motivate or encourage someone to go into the teaching profession? Um, you had to write about lessons that you love teaching, um, a reason why you went into teaching or a teacher that seriously impacted your life. So I wrote about all of those things. And then I got an email. I found out on Thursday, the first, and, uh, everything came out on Friday. It was been kind of a whirlwind. So you have the first round back in the fall. Then you have the second round yeah. in January. Did you know roughly kind of when the announcement was coming to be on the lookout no, for I had, I had no idea. Nope. So when I opened my email on Thursday on spring break, I was shocked. So do you know what the rest of the process entails? Um, there's a large interview process. We have a, an hour and a half online interview I have to present a lesson for 15 minutes and then there's a question and answer and that's all they tell you so far. So not sure what's going to be thrown out there. So we'll see. It's all done virtually. Yes. Yep. Do you want to find out who nominated you? Is that something that you're interested in or are you just kind of along for the ride at this point? Um, I mean, I'm along for the ride at this point. But it, I, it would be kind of nice to say thank you. I mean, somebody took the time out of their day to go through and do that, and that, that means a lot. Have you given any thought to kind of what you want to say during the interview process? You may not know the questions necessarily, but have you kind of maybe done a quick outline with general topics that you want to cover? Um, a little bit, yeah. It, not knowing what they're going to ask, it's, it's hard to prepare. Um, but thinking about the, the lesson that I wanted to present, it's a little different for me this year, uh, because I am also on the end where I am the parent of one of these students. I have my own son in class this year, so it's kind of lent itself to teaching me some really new lessons. And, uh, I want to talk about that in my, in my presentation. So, 
And what are some of those lessons? I've always been kind of curious about that when you're a teacher. Obviously, everybody, it's, I mean, it's human nature to care about family first. But as a teacher, you're also taking care of a rotating cast of somebody else's kids. And you do have to find some way to at least make them a part of your life in some way. Right. Well, and the the interesting dynamic is I have been a teacher longer than I have been a mom. So my son has always known that he shares mom with everybody else. And uh, I I think just because of who I am as a person, I wind up being school mom a lot. You know, do you can you help me sew this? I rip my pants or I need this. Do you have this? And I always have those things. I'm always on the ready. Just, you know, the mom. And uh, the the new aspect for me is I've... I've dealt with students that are apathetic and, you know, not really interested in class, but to be the parent now of the apathetic students is really different for me. My son is just so laid back and blase and he's not worried about anything. And, you know, having to motivate him is so different for me because I'm used to giving these tactics to parents. Hey, here's, here's some ways you can try. And then I'm the one that's doing them and they're not working. And I'm so frustrated, (laughs) you know, it's just, it's very, very different. I know that Lake Linden and all the schools around here really have been open as much as they can be over the past year, but there's certain districts that really are still doing remote learning almost entirely. When you're talking, especially art teaching, how do you do that remotely? I'm assuming that that's a subject where it's really hard to translate to an online setting. Um, there are several standards and benchmarks from the state that lend themselves to working well online. Uh, students had to research uh, some different careers in art. So I made an assignment where they were looking at, you know, I gave them a list of all these different careers in art and they had to pick two and they looked into what college would be and how long it would take to get that or what they would need to do and how much they could make in that field. And they made a whole PowerPoint about it. It was really interesting. Um, otherwise, I try and keep things basic and simple to things that they would have around the house. I did a lot of demonstration videos. Um it's hard to zoom with them and have them be able to see what I'm doing. So it was a lot easier for me to like make videos where it was close-ups of whatever I was working on or drawing or whatever concept I was trying to share with them. But thankfully Lake Linden has been in person pretty much all year. We had that little stint before Christmas, but otherwise we've been in person and I'm very thankful for that. As far as the art program at Lake Linden goes, what kind of resources do you have there? Is it just drawing and painting, or do you have maybe a kiln? I remember we used to do some pottery and clay stuff in elementary and middle school in my school district where I grew up. Yep, we do have a kiln. Um, we have painting, sewing. Uh, we have a sewing machine. What else do we have? Um, we have acrylics, tempera. Uh, we haven't gotten into our clay stuff yet. That is a little tricky with COVID restrictions and how they want things shared and um, cleaned. So I've been kind of dragging my feet waiting for the vaccine and things to ease up a little bit. Um, We do watercolors. I'm trying to get them to like dabble in everything to kind of see what they like. Um, They hated charcoal, but love watercolors. 
really like tempera paint. We just finished painting ceiling tiles, and they really liked that. Uh, like I said, sewing was a big hit. So, yeah, I mean, they're all over the place. And the, the really nice thing is they're game to try everything, and uh, they'll give it a go. How different is each class? Is it really, do they have their own separate, unique personality, or is one Completely. grade pretty much the same, yeah. you know, year in and year out? Nope. They're completely different. Um, I don't. I don't know if it's because I I know my son's class. You know, he's grown up with them, so I know these kids. They've been at my house outside of school. Um, but they're a really personable group. Really, really friendly and outgoing, and just very upbeat. Really, really fun group to work with. I'm going to be sad when they they leave me at the end of this year. But thankfully, I get them back later in high school. Um, every class has a different personality. Um, you know, you, you modify your lessons and work around that. I have a lot of different tricks in my bag, I guess. And uh, like like this year, my son's class, they're really into murder mystery stuff. I had um, the Westing Game book, which I have never taught before. I've had it sitting on my shelf for years. And uh, I pulled that one out and they really got into it. It's kind of like Clue, who done it, you know? And they really liked putting that all together. They had so much fun with it. But in the past, I, I haven't had a class that didn't, they didn't want to broach that book. So it's kind of nice when I can switch things up and, and tailor things to the personality of the class. I've had classes in the past that hate poetry. Just, I wasn't going to get anything out of them. It wasn't going to be worthwhile for them. I just don't do that unit. I do something different. So it's, it's nice to be able to, to adapt to whatever they need. How long does it take? Small school. How long does it take to get a handle on each class's personality? Um, I don't think real, real long for me. I've been doing this a long time. I can get a pretty good feel. Um, the new benefit is that I have them. I have young fives, so I even have them before they're hitting kindergarten. So I'm really going to know these kids by the time they hit my English class in middle school. Um. And I think it's going to be really neat to ch watch them change and their personalities grow as they as they get older and mature. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really liking getting to know these younger groups and and seeing those different dynamics. It's teaching me a lot of new things and and how to kind of evaluate what I'm doing. It's it's a learning process. You know, this is kind of an interesting area. You have a lot of history here. And you obviously have Michigan Tech and Finlandia University. Are you able to mm -hmm. utilize some of the resources that are available in the area to, to further the school lessons at the middle school and high school levels? Yes, quite a bit. Um, Nick Squires and I, he's the biology teacher at Lake Linden. We do quite a bit with Michigan Tech. Um, we work with their Gear Up program. We work with See, now that I need to know the names of the programs, I can't think of them. <laughs> um, there's a lot of different programs we work with at Michigan Tech. They bring us on uh, field trips. We involve their presenters. They come to our school. They, they do a lot with us. Um, I haven't done as much with Finlandia in the past, but I am this year. I've really tapped into their art program, and they have been very helpful. Um, Ginny Geisler, Gessler, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, um, she has been a wonderful resource, sending me things, dropping off materials at school. She's been fantastic. So they've been really helpful this year with that. 
Has it changed at all as far as the resources available to you through those schools since you started? Have Michigan Tech and maybe Finlandia, have they begun to offer more to students at your age levels, or is it really been fairly consistent? Um, It's been fairly consistent. I don't know if it's because I was a tech alumnus that like, I knew who to contact when I had questions or uh, just knowing people at tech that that I had uh, a more, more interaction with them, but they, they seem to have quite a few programs that are geared toward our middle school students. When did you graduate from tech? I graduated in 2009. So I'm curious if we were there at the same time. 2007. All right. So I was a couple of years behind you. How about just kind of the overall history? Lake Linden, obviously, it's got the historic district. There's all those beautiful old brick buildings, and I can think of the Scottish Congregation Church. Are you able to kind of take that and put it into a lesson plan in some way? Uh, I do. Um, So we do a writing contest with the American Legion every year, and they usually have some sort of theme or topic for us to write on, so we get to research and think about that. Uh, we've also partnered up with the Keweenaw Historical Society, and they give us some sort of research topic. Uh, Jim Hoovenen is has been our main contact on that, and he uh, he left it kind of broad for me this year, but I narrowed it down. I gave the kids six options of historical sites in Houghton and Keweenaw counties for them to research, and they're working on that right now with a deadline of June 1st and a $150 prize on the line. So my kids are very motivated for this. Um, So because of our rich history and our easy access to materials, we we do tend to do some, some research projects for sure. As far as the competition goes for Teacher of the Year, kind of what's the next step? I think you kind of talked about the interview process. Do you know when it happens, and do you know when you'll find out if you're named Teacher of the Year? And kind of piggybacking on that idea, have you thought at all about maybe some of the uh, the responsibilities that will come along with that and kind of what you want to bring to the table? So the interview process is on the 12th. And I believe they announce the winner at the end of the month, 22nd or 23rd. Um, Even just winning the regional teacher of the year, the list of responsibilities of what they're having me do is pretty lofty. It's been a little overwhelming. Um, There's monthly meetings that they want us to attend. There is uh, an advisory council they ask us to sit on and be a part of. Um, If I were to win teacher of the year, there's a lot of um, speaking engagements, it sounds like, and um, uh, going into other schools and talking to them about, you know, being a teacher, teacher issues, whatever. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of responsibility that comes with it. How well are you going to get to know the other regional Teacher of the Year winners? You know, it's really funny. Uh, the Michigan Teacher of the Year from last year, Owen, sent us a big group email, all 10 of us, and said he wanted to introduce himself and uh, gave us some tips and pointers and encouraged us to start a, a group email and and uh, really kind of put us in the right direction. It was really nice. So we have all been replying to each other in that email. It's been nice to get to know the other people and, uh, and see what they're bringing to the table. It's interesting. It's a 
really different group of people that I would never have met under any other circumstances. So that's, that's really neat. So you have a different group of people with very different experiences. Region 1, I believe, is the entire Upper Peninsula. You get down to yeah. Region 10, which is the city of Detroit. They're learning, right. like I said, in a very different way than, than you guys are up here in Lake Linden. Is there a way to incorporate that at all into your lesson plans? I'm sure there is. I mean, we haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> um, you know, they're still blown away by the fact that we still have snow on the ground. So, <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of similarities in between the ways that we do teach, but there's also a lot of really big differences. And right now, from what, I mean, we just started this this email discussion in the last day or two. Um so we're really learning from some of these differences that we have and, and how how we're each doing things differently. And like I tell my students all the time, good teachers steal ideas and I am getting some great ideas from these other people and I'm going to steal them and use them in my classroom. So, well, I always think of things like, say, high school athletics when Calumet and Houghton and that bring up teams from the metro Detroit area to play and they're coming up to these small hundred-year-old rinks and it's just such a different experience. I think it would be really right? cool to see if you could kind of find some way to make that in educational experience as well with some of the uh, different um, uh, connections that you're building right now. I sure hope so. That would be really neat. Heather French, Region 1 Teacher of the Year for 2021-2022 in the state of Michigan. She goes later this month for Michigan Teacher of the Year, and if she should win that, she'll have a shot at National Teacher of the Year. This is Copper Country Today. More after the break.